Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Hello, and thanks so much for listening to our Exploring Awareness Podcast. We're truly delighted to continue to have these conversations and really grateful that you're listening. And we hope that you find them helpful at this very surreal and scary time in our world. We're just here, Frank and I, having conversations about finding joy in unlikely places and everything that's going on right now. And I'm hearing, I keep hearing over and over that there's a lesson in this pandemic that we're experiencing, that we can come out of this better on the other side. And that brought to mind the word impermanence. You know, I read about it and I've heard about it, but I was wondering, really, what does impermanence mean? And I'm thinking you, Frank, probably know pretty well what that is all about. Yeah, hi, Lisa. It's true. It's like everything is changing out there, isn't it? Yeah. Everything is changing. And, you know, it's been this, it's been two months and we're, we're first in isolation and we, we kind of talked through this podcast about that. And now all of a sudden everything is changing again. And it does reflect that idea that things change and nothing is really permanent. You know? Is that what impermanence means? Is there a, I know it has kind of like a Buddhist heritage, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, the Buddhists use that word a lot because it kind of tries to get at something deeper on the outside. We all know that everything isn't permanent, right? I mean, in, in some ways, you know, things are going to change, but in other ways, we really like to hold on to things. Mm-hmm. Do you yes. experience that? Oh, we talk about that all the time. I don't like change. Although I'm learning to deal with it, I think, a little bit better. Once you realize that everything changes, you got to embrace it. Yeah, people don't like change, do they? No, no. And you'd like everything to stay the same. And and, and I guess that's this kind of wisdom that might evolve from some Mm -hmm. of the exploring awareness that we're doing. And when you see that as a reality... You know, you see that all things change. When you use that to meditate and you think about or, or, or dwell upon impermanence as like an ultimate truth, then you see impermanence in a little bit different way. Now, what do you mean? Impermanence as the ultimate truth? Like, that makes it sound good. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> as, yeah, well, it is good. Mm, it's okay. But it's hard, right? Yeah. Because it's like... Like you said, you don't like change. People don't like change. I don't like change. But change is like what's going to happen. And so people attach to things that they want to stay the same. And so when you take the impermanence idea out, you know, it's like people really want what they want and they want more of that and they want to push away things that they don't like, you know, they don't want that to happen. And so the Buddhists use the word suffering when people are kind of, you know, want the good things and don't want the bad things. The Buddhists use that word a lot that our kind of attachment to things causes us a lot of pain. You know, like like Mm. when you have a piece of chocolate cake, you know, it's like you eat the chocolate cake and then it's gone. And it's like, it's like, what happened to it's gone. And then you kind of wish you had some more, maybe, you know, or some more food or more, whatever you want, more, more, more. But you know, the other approach is you 
in the present moment, you eat your chocolate cake and you enjoy it and then you move to the next thing, right? And so, so impermanence, you know, implies that what happened in the past or the future isn't going to be the same, but whatever's happening in the present moment, you know, and that's when we talk about exploring awareness, that's where when we when we dwell in that place, then we can see that things are impermanent instead of being out there chasing permanence. Well, do you think that's helpful to think about, though, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of everything changing, and everyone keeps saying we're not going to be the same. It's our new reality. Nothing's going to be the same on the other side of that. So do you think it's beneficial for us to talk about impermanence and the benefits of that? What is it? do when you're forced to see impermanence ah good question good question yeah what does it mean when when and and, you know we had the episode about the great pause we didn't talk about impermanence per se but it's kind of like well things aren't the same and we want them to be the same and so if we're like grasping for that and attaching to that. It's like, well, it's not going to be the same. So how are you going to move forward with that? Are you going to regret that things aren't going to be the same? You know, Mm. or do you kind of accept impermanence and do you have the wisdom that comes to accept impermanence? Right. And so instead of saying, well, well, impermanence causes suffering. Yes. But how do you, come to a place where you understand impermanence and it doesn't become a problem. Well, accept it, accept impermanence. Accept it, to accept it, but not saying that you have to accept it, but that just naturally you accept it. There's a little bit different. If it's natural, I mean, how does that even happen? Well, like, let's say a kid is has an ice cream cone. Are you hungry? Because we went from cake to ice cream. <laughs> Getting a little hungry now, but go ahead. And and let's say the ice cream cone, you know, goes away, finishes it, and the and the kid is crying, and you're like, well, you're just going to have to accept that it, you know, it's over, and it's kind of like um, mm. forcing someone to accept impermanence, you know, when right, they right. And when we talk about exploring awareness and and mindfulness techniques that put us in the present moment, you know, so then there's a different perspective on how things are moving. So instead of of being pulled around by your nose, you're kind of watching what's happening. And in that place, you know, things come and things go and it's not a big deal. Okay, so before we started recording, we were just both talking about how we're not goodbye people, how I do not like saying goodbye. I am known for not saying goodbye. And then you just said, we need to learn to accept that it's over. And I think that's part of the reason why I don't like saying goodbye, because I don't want to accept. Or you just accept that it's over and, you know, you move on to the next thing without lingering. Great, good reframing. I like that. I just wanted to take a minute to let everyone know that you can unify and connect with us too through our email address, which is exploringawareness at gmail.com. We know there are listeners all over the world, so we really would like to hear whether you're getting anything out of this or there's something you want us to talk about or you have a question. You just want to check in from your, from your part of the world, exploringawareness at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You know, 
I was listening to this talk over the weekend by a Buddhist teacher, and she was talking about the cow that doesn't have any nostrils. Okay. <sighs> and it was a koan about um, someone was, you know, had had this life of freedom and the cow didn't have any nostrils. And the reason that could be looked at as a as a sign of freedom is because cows get those rings put in their nose. Oh, right, right. You know, and they get pulled around by the nose. Oh. So the cow that doesn't have any nostrils mm. is, is free, you know? Mm. And so like to understand impermanence and to be and to enjoy the impermanence, you know, that's a, that is a there's a freeing to that because it's no longer are you holding on to the past or to the future. I know I read a couple of things about it. It says impermanence is not only loss, it's also change. And change can be refreshing and renewing. In fact, change is always both good and bad because change, even when it is refreshing, always entails loss. Nothing new appears unless something old ceases. That's sort of kind of what's happening in our world right now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, and you know, you don't, you don't, you says it involves pain. Loss. And loss. when it's re- always entails loss, but nothing new appears unless something old ceases. So you do have to let go and you do have to say goodbye and move on and embrace change. I like that. Nothing new appears in some, unless something old ceases. Hmm. Well, and it's happening whether we like it or not. Right, right, right. And so the reality is it's happening. It reminds me of Rumi's poem too. You know Rumi's poem, The Guest House. The Guest House. Yeah, let me read it. Are you going to share it with us? Yes, you know Rumi. Rumi is this uh, famous poet. So it's called The Guest House. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Mm. Sort of be open to everything, the good and the bad. Like we were just talking impermanence, the change and the loss and the gains. Right, right. But it's it's hard. How can you like welcome meanness? How could you welcome something violently sweeping your house empty of its furniture you know doesn't that sound like something terrible well or because you're going to learn a lesson from it Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is right and and so what happens in the present moment whether it's good or bad how do we get to the place where we accept what is loving what is some people say, though, that they're not going to accept it. They're going to fight for the best. They're going to fight for what they really want. So where's the balance in that? Where's the balance in accepting what is and going for what you want? 
Yeah, that's a challenge, isn't it? Um, well, which way do you which way do you like to look at it? And and I'm wondering, you know, you always bring great poems and thoughts to these conversations, and I'm wondering where you got your inspirations from, or what brought you to this point in life. Well, you know, we were talking about open heartedness last week, and and I'm reminded of of the teachers that taught me that. And, you know, all the things that we talk about on this podcast are also talked about by other teachers as well. And remember, I told you I went to that uh, meditation retreat in Thailand and first mm-hmm. kind of could see like, oh, yeah, this this meditation thing is really opening up some space that, that I didn't know that was there. And then when I came back from um, Thailand, I was enjoying those talks by Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield, And, you know, both of them have been involved in Buddhism, but they're both psychologists. And so they've been taking these ideas of mindfulness, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and some Buddhist teachings and applying them more to the, the, to the kind of the American context. And so I've learned so much from them and they're really great at being able to articulate these ideas. Yeah, right. And, yeah, I spent also 10 years at a Buddhist temple as well, and I learned a ton of things there. Now, there we also meditated quite a bit. And so there was, I know you don't like the word discipline, but, you know, it was a kind of a Korean temple. <laughs> and there is a lot of discipline in that cultural context, you know, and I meditated quite a bit and learned a lot of those, the Buddhist stories from from that. Can I ask you, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm curious, what was the discipline part? Oh, because we would like, you know, wake up at 530 in the morning and, you know, meditate for... What, did you live there or were you at a retreat there? Well, I was I would go there for the, some weekends, like one weekend okay. a month because I was in a train, teacher training program there. Yeah, okay. so we would go there. We'd go on retreats and also you wake up early in the morning and meditate for like 30-minute sessions with a break and you do walking and you do sitting and walking and sitting and walking and sitting lots of meditation and lots of, of uh, concentration. It was a great way to learn that, you know, get hours and hours of meditation in. And they also taught from the Buddhist perspective on things like open heartedness and, and, and permanent. Really? And the, the people that are so dedicated to that, you know, and I, I just have a lot of gratitude for being involved with that for as long as I, as I was. And I think for a lot of people, that makes a lot of sense. I was always interested in, in understanding these type of ideas in an American context. You know, when I got introduced to Adya Shante, and we've talked about him a lot as mm-hmm. well. And he has a very nice website, and he does retreats, and he does classes. And, you know, I've sent you some some of his lectures and he right. does yeah. you know, he does like a free one right. session uh, every month or so. And he's really wise too. And he was also came from a Buddhist context, but he also kind of applies it outside of a, of, of a religious context, you know, and as a physician, that's what I was always interested in. How can we share this type of information with, with students and medical students and physicians and the general public in ways that they can, they can absorb it, you know, without being in a, a cultural context. And so then Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield have this mindfulness meditation teacher certification program. It's a two-year program. And I'm in that right now, and I'll be finishing that up in um, January. 
and and they're actually taking new students now uh, for the for the two year program, but those two have have really provided so much information about how to transmit this this type of ways of talking about this way of being. So I really appreciate them as well. And they're always, they talk about the same things that we talk about. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I have lots of questions. Okay. I think people listening are going to hear Buddhist. Is Frank Anderson a Buddhist? So let's start with that question. Well, let's just, I mean, I think Buddhism is very interesting. What parts of it? Because to me, I think you're, I don't want to say your average person, but your person who's not that into this would hear that and be immediately turned off and think that's not for me, even if they don't even know what it is. But there are so many elements of it that I had not gone to a Buddhist temple. I've not meditated for hours and days on end, but I feel like we have this in common. Those are, no one taught me open heartedness. I, I just became aware of it and feel like it's part of me. And I'm learning really about that now and from you in these conversations and in my own, in my own reading and, and exposure. But so what are the elements of Buddhism that our everyday person could relate to that? You said you want to send, share it with your students and with patients. What, what are those fundamentals that are not associated with the word that might turn yeah, some people off? Right. And I was actually raised Catholic. You know, yeah, so okay. I was, uh, went to Catholic grade school and high school and Catholic college, and I learned a lot about this, you know, the same things you're talking about, mm. like, like that open heartedness and mm. some spiritual connection and things like that. You know, that, that has an, also a cultural context to it as well. You know, Catholicism and, and all of the things that, 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 you know, signifies like, Catholicism and Christianity and, and unity, you know, and mm. things like that. So when we really get down, and, and Buddhism comes from Asia, right? From Asian cultural contexts. You know, the Buddha lived in India. He was also kind of the first psychologist because, you know, in, in Buddhism that, you know, religions come up from, from teachings, but what he was teaching was like how to see what's going on in your mind. And it was interesting. I was doing a meditation the other day and there was a psychotherapist there. And she's like, wow, when you're talking about awareness, you're kind of doing the same thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And when you go see a psychotherapist, you know, you're, you're, you're telling this psychotherapist about your issues, but in a way you're, you're, you're putting them out there so that you can see them, right? Otherwise they can be buried. Mm-hmm. And so when we were, when we talk about ex- exploring awareness, which is, you know, not a Buddhist term at all, but when you talk about mindfulness practice and there's all these Buddhist words that they, that they mm-hmm. also have for mindfulness and they, and they, and the Buddha talked about mindfulness of thoughts and mindfulness mm-hmm. of the body and mindfulness of the breath, you know, all those things that we talk about. And so when you take it out, outside of that, you know, this, this idea that we as humans can be aware that that to me is ultimately what we're talking about. You know, that's what brings it. That's what is a, it, it's not a belief. You know, sometimes in Buddhism, especially that idea of past lives, you know, there's mm, people yeah. have that belief, you know, or they might, all religions have different beliefs that they might have, but 
but beyond beliefs, you know, beyond beliefs, there's truths. And so if you take a, a Buddhist mystic and a Christian mystic and a Jew, Jewish mystic and a, a Sufi mystic, and you put them all in the same room, they're, they're all talking about the same thing. They're talking about love and they're talking mm. about generosity and open heartedness, you know, and then, but if you're, if you're fixed in a particular belief and, you know, judgmental and, um, thinking that the other person there's something wrong with them because they don't think the same way that you do. I mean that that, that does create some problems. But I think that most religions really point to something beyond thoughts that that is that thing that unites us all. That feeling of open heartedness, that feeling of peace and joy and love and equanimity. And so, no matter what your conditioning is, you know that part is probably not impermanent (laughs) you know that the deepest part of us that connects us timelessly to each other and to the whole world i mean that that's just that's not really impermanent but anything else that happens and the buddha said all things concocted disintegrate so you know, like your 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 brain is going to change as you get older, and your body for sure is going to change as you get older, right? And uh, and you know your your house is going to crumble, and mm-hmm. uh, you know your car is going to break down, and you know all things mm-hmm. nothing lasts forever, right? And so that's just a kind of a basic understanding, but to understand it at a really deep level, I think that again, it's one of those things that requires some uh, meditation and some wisdom gained from ah, that, wisdom where, where you can be okay with impermanence. And I feel like at this time in our world right now, unity is so important. I mean, we, no matter what religion you associate with as you listen to this conversation there's i think what i'm hearing you say is there's unity in every different approach in every different religion there's a baseline of love and generosity that we can all because you know me i'm like what can we hold on to what can we hold on to in all of this what what's the takeaway what's the lesson what's the unifying energy of everything that you were just talking about yeah so so in a way Realizing impermanence can can help you realize that that all these things don't last, but there's mm-hmm. something else that that runs through the the thread that runs through it all, you know, and that's the thread that unites us all. Mm-hmm. And so, whether you wear a mask or not, I mean, yeah, there's people out there who have a certain reaction to that, and and they have that reaction for for whatever reason. But what if what if they took a step back and what if it what if that didn't bother them you know i mean what if it wear a mask or don't wear a mask but to be so um violated by it you know that 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 sounds like that's a resistance of impermanence mm. you know that's a fighting against this idea that all things are impermanent so what is the thread let's just to clarify what is the thread that unites us all well that thread is that deeper and inner core that we all share. And whether or not we all realize it or not is one thing, but whether we realize it or not, it's still there. It's there between every 
a body that's in your neighborhood, every prisoner, every, you know, Pope. I mean, all of us are, are, are all connected in the same, we can use the word awareness. We can use the word consciousness. We can use the word energy. We could use, we could use a lot of words for that, but it's, every one of our opportunity to realize that, you know, to understand it and not to be identified with thoughts, but to wake up from thoughts and wake up to this deeper sense of self where the idea of, of impermanence is, is okay. It's no longer something to fight against. So you mentioned wisdom because that's, you know, as we go through everything that we're going through right now, I think wisdom and hope are the two things I feel like would be so helpful I'm not going to say that you need, I'm going to just suggest be helpful. And of course, I'm in my Ram Dass stage right now. And I, mm-hmm. and I found this little paragraph where he said, your heart is breaking and you will feel depressed and you will feel like crying and you have to honor that psychological process. And at the same moment, you keep cultivating the other part of you that is beyond this physical incarnation. And instead of judging God by asking, why have you done this? You say, Let me understand. Give me the wisdom to understand and to grow strong through this, to appreciate the way in which all things are changing constantly and all of life is an interconnected circle from birth to death, which is basically Mm. what we were just talking about. You know, we're interconnected and... Well. (laughs) Pardon me? He says it so well. Along those lines, you know, I, I wake up and I write. And the other couple of weeks ago, I wrote, I just woke up and I thought, I pray for the wisdom of the world, for each of us to have the strength and a knowing to keep us steady and whole. I stop sometimes and I miss how I thought it once was, but I know beyond the turmoil, there is healing and possibility and a new path and a new way to finding and feeling more peace, greater joy, and of course, there will always be love. But I just, you know, and by pray, that doesn't have to be a religious thought. It's just an, it's an energy. We talk about meditation being like prayer. But I just woke up and I thought, we need wisdom. You know, we, we all need to, to, to be a little wiser and learn the lessons and feel the grief and move forward and look for a better way. You know, that, that really touches me, you know. Mm. I, I feel... You know, very. I feel a lot of gratitude, like I said, for for the teachers that I had and the experience that I had, and I feel like I've got some level of understanding, you know, at a, at a, at a deeper level. And and I just wish that for everybody in the world, you know. And and this podcast is kind of our effort to share that information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's shared amongst a lot of like-minded people, you know, or people that are opening to this. But when I see people suffering, at least what it looks to me like suffering, and right. I, I, I just wish for everybody, you know, to be in a place that wisdom would flow, you know, and that love would flow and that acceptance and non-judgmentalism. And that goes to, you know, impermanence, to understanding impermanence. There's a lot of resistance to change, a lot of resistance to surrender, a lot of resistance to um, not identify with thoughts um, because that's how we're all taught. But I do know that the only way the world is going to change and get better is if more people start to wake up. 
to who they really are. And people will still be convicted and can still have their thoughts and ideas and wants, but it's just a, from a different perspective, you know, and it will be, it won't be from a adolescent perspective. It'll be from a wisdom perspective. And I say adolescent just because some of this energy feels like a, you know, like a teenager who wants more, wants their way, their mm. way or the highway. Having right. raised teenagers, I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly teenagers go through that phase and need a lot of love and acceptance and then kind of ushered into something, you know, in a more wisdom wisdom informed instead of desire informed. I think it's just such a painful time and everybody is looking for ways to cope and they're looking for something to reach out to or to hold on to or to get through this. I was listening to somebody the other day and he was like, we manifested this. We always said we wanted 15 more, you know, if I just had 10 minutes to stop and think, well, now you're in your home, you're not going out and you got 10 minutes to stop and think. And, and if only people were slowed down a little more, well, we are slowed down. So I don't know, that's a far reaching thought to think that we manifested this. And I think there are some people who do look at life that way, but that's not how I see my role. That's not my intention. My intention is to help people deal with it better. And is. Is it odd as it may sound that in this turmoil and this tumultuous time, there is a way to be aware of, of, of your thoughts and to connect to an inner part of yourself that maybe there is a better way to come out of this. And that's yeah. where wisdom and hope come from, for me yeah, at least. Exactly. No, I completely agree. It's a, But it's not an obvious way. It takes yeah. that step back, you know, it takes a mm-hmm. step back. Like we talked about the great pause in, in a previous episode. And, you know, I, I see a lot of people doing that, actually. You know, whether they're completely aware of it or not, it's – I love seeing people in the neighborhood and the kids on their skateboards and yeah. people walking and noticing the flowers and noticing the trees. And hmm. It's interesting, more like a – village life yeah yeah that's all that we're used to so what do you want to meditate on today well i think we could probably do an impermanence meditation oh really mm-hmm. we could talk we could focus a little bit about impermanence and 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 wisdom and settle into the place where whatever happens happens and we can watch things rise and fall does it sound good yeah. All right. Well, we'll start our guided meditation now. And we'll start the way we usually do. Finding yourself on your chair or wherever you might be. Aware of what's around you in your room. Feeling your feet on the floor and your body in the chair. And as Lisa talked about last week, how special meditation is. 
And so let's bring that into the intention of this meditation, the special opportunity we have to be together like this and in the present moment where the thoughts and the conditions of this outside world, we're going to do some inner exploration. And so that's really special. And you can do it on your own as well, but it's nice when there's a guided meditation and there's other people doing it. And so our other intention would be to connect to a place, a deeper place, where we can see clearly what the world is like beyond what we expect it to be. Just take an opportunity to just, might I say, get real, but really to connect to deeper wisdom. And to help with that, let's start connecting to that breath. And the breath is really a great present moment activity because it's always there and most of the time we don't know it right and so the doorway to this greater wisdom believe it or not is this breath In right now, you can just notice your breath, your lungs expand, contract. It is impermanent.
But in the present moment, it's happening. And your mind might resist the fact that the breath is impermanent, but your deeper wisdom knows. And if you're healthy now, the air moves well. If you have a lung problem, it doesn't. Your mind will want to create stories you might feel resistance or fear or sadness. But just like you're aware of the breath, see if those thoughts can be held in awareness too. Feel your feet. Your toes. And feel the size of your feet. And you may just want to think back when you were a little baby, your feet were very small. And they grew. And maybe you feel good. Maybe your feet have some pains, some arthritis, some bunion, something, and feet change. Right now your feet are what they are. 
moving up your ankle. Your shins and calves to your knee. Knees for many people change. After lots of wear and tear or genetics, injuries, Moving up then to your upper leg, your thighs, your hips, and just appreciating your legs today. And depending on your age, they might be really great, or they may be slower than they used to be or more painful. They're stiffer. And what's the wisdom from that? Legs change. Moving up then to your pelvis and lower abdomen. And all the organs in your abdomen. for abdomen too, and things change depending on what you eat. Maybe you've had an operation. There's gas pains. Lots of change from day to day and year to year. And then moving up to your chest as well.
then moving to your back. And then the muscles of your back. And uh, our upright postures have a lot of stress on the back. And if you're younger, you enjoy a nice flux in the back. Maybe if you study a lot, your back bends. And sometimes there are muscle spasms in your back. You get a massage, they go away. Lots of changes in the back after maybe a good night's sleep feels really good or sleep too long it hurts. Feeling this wisdom of your changing body. And uh, of course your hands We get a cut and then that heals. Fingernails grow and cut. Then moving up your wrists and lower arms and elbows and upper arms. into your neck and shoulders, just feeling your whole body. It's really changing minute to minute. Then moving off the back of your head, aware of your the hair on your head which changes a lot especially if you can't get a haircut and get your hair dyed right now because of the social isolation that's a nice obvious change <laughs> Impermanence. Your baby, maybe no hair, and you're younger, and you have lots of hair, and you get older, and thinner hair, gray hair. Moving over to your face, and your face changes all day with expressions and muscle changes flushing or paleness 
Great goals. And so just sitting with all the bodily changes that can occur. And then, of course, your brain. Functions as it is right now, maybe memory was better when you were younger, or maybe you're young now and your brain is functioning really well, but functions very differently than when you were a child. will function differently as an adult, as an older adult. Some brains change quite a bit to where they really don't function the same way as a vulnerable organ subject to problems. Right now, brain is what it is. You can be aware of things that you used to think were true. Now they're not. Things that in the future you think are true. As your brain tries to plan, they may or not be true. You can be aware of how your brain and your mind likes good things, likes good things to stay. Doesn't want bad things. What knows all of this what is this awareness in your body what is aware of the changes in your body and your thoughts. Feel into that 
inner dimension that is aware of thoughts, aware of the body. And what is the quality of that place? That place that sees all these changes. And perhaps that is what's joining us all together. Perhaps that's the deeper wisdom that no matter what you think or what you believe, you share and be united. And that part that isn't subject to change and impermanence. And maybe that's the place that understands. some deeper truth about yourself, understands permanence. A place where the wisdom flows from, the love flows from. a peaceful place, no matter what chaos is going on. And maybe from that place, experience the joy that comes from the freedom of being lost in thoughts and ideas and the delusion of things are permanent. And then maybe it's okay. And maybe then you can be compassionate for all your wonderful thoughts. But just rest 
in the knowing, in the being, in the awareness. And take that feeling that you get from this special time and let that guide your days. And visit this place that's always there, often, so you get to know it better. And then it will guide you. We can make a better world. And so we'll stop there for now. And just take three breaths. Open your eyes and stretch. That was a good stretch there, Lisa. Oh, man, well, it's pretty peaceful. That was a very unifying, peaceful meditation. So, yeah, it does stretch it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the impermanence of all things, you know. And it's yeah. right. you can use your body for that to kind of start to understand it, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for your shared wisdom and uh, letting us know a little bit how you got on this path where you are in this journey. Well, thank you, Lisa, for your shared wisdom and our journey together to like explore awareness. It's just gotten a lot of nice feedback. And I feel like the way that we're doing it together here is a great way for people to learn. And there's lots of ways to learn. There's Mm -hmm. teachers and you can listen to talks. I've listened to thousands of talks and learned so much. Yeah. But I, I hope that the dialogue that we have and the conversations that we have, you know, help answer questions that people, you know, can't answer right. in one hour lecture, you know? Yeah, right. It's the questions that people have and they're real and they're important. And, um, and we all have questions. And, you know, so this technique that we're using to share this information, you know, is the way we do it. And um, I hope people get a lot out of it. Just having a conversation, you know, on the on the path to uh, more awareness and what can that can do for us. So I, it's a genuine, authentic conversation, and you're part of it. So thanks for listening. Yeah, it's nice that that we have a podcast too that can just go out into the world. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Tell your friends about it and send <laughs> us some emails. 
is exploringawareness at gmail.com. We should maybe, you know, if someone wants to write an email, they could, or they could send in an audio question. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be good? We That'd be fun. Air. We'll put you on the air, your question on the air. You know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure <laughs> yeah, it out. Great. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll put your question on the air. So someone send us an audio question and we'll answer it. Maybe we could have a call-in someday. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if you want to do a call-in and we could, you could ask all the questions to both of us. That'd be great. Yeah. We usually do this on Monday evening too, by the way. Monday evening, Eastern time. We usually record around eight o'clock. So check your schedule and let us know what you want to talk about. Yeah, if you want to zoom in, we could zoom you in for a few minutes. Yeah. That'd be really and beside the email address, you can find us on Facebook. We have that That's right. Facebook page, and we're always posting up there. And Twitter, because all the feeds go to Twitter. Yeah. And um, Instagram, we have Instagram, right. Exploring Awareness underscore podcast. And what's the all tw- in lowercase letters? <laughs> Say it again. Exploring Awareness undercast under underscore podcast. Yes. On Instagram and Twitter is Explore Aware. Yep. Follow along. We're growing. We're seeing more listeners all over the world. That's exciting. And we truly appreciate that wherever you are. We would love to hear from you. Absolutely. So until next week, have a great week, everyone. Enjoy the changes. Enjoy impermanence. Cultivate wisdom. Share it with your friends. And let's make the world a better place. And thanks for listening. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.